0: Welcome to The Red Podcast, a place where bold, inspired, outrageously courageous, and just a tad bit naughty women leaders come together. I'm Elaine Kalila, and I'm the founder of the Priestess Presence Temple, a sisterhood of over 80,000 women. For the past 25 years, I've had the great pleasure and privilege of supporting, inspiring, catalyzing, and initiating women to remember who they are The Red Podcast is a place where you can come to lean into your edges, listen for that which yearns to be expressed more fully through you, and to say yes to the places that probably scare you. More importantly, I'm going to be talking with some amazing women who are spiritual and grounded, and we're going to be chatting about what it takes for each one of us to step into the legacy of our purpose and fully bring it to the world that we're here to co-create. Your presence is a gift, so I say bring it. We're here to listen to your red, your leading edge, that place of evolution within you. Hope you enjoy the conversations. Well, hello there, my beautiful red women out there who are living on the edge of their own rebirth into the world through the womb of their own being. Okay, this is a key to where we're going today. You know, I'm really into the Gnostic teachings of the second coming, the second coming being our divine selves being birthed through us into the world. And that is at the core of the conversation that I'm going to have with this amazing being who has come across my path. My beautiful executive assistant, Chloe, said to me one day, she said, you know what, I sent my daughter to this woman. I think you should interview her on your wet bread podcast. So I went and looked up this particular amazing being. Her name is Tema Aziziwa. Am I saying that right? I hope I am. <laughs> and um, and I got just looking at her work and I was like, oh my God, this woman is just doing the Holy Grail work. She is working with the womb and reclaiming the womb. So you know that I wanted to bring her on here to share her wisdom, her story with you all as a catalyst for all of us to start thinking about what it is to be a womb man and to be embodied as a divine woman on this planet. And so, Tema, I am so excited to have this conversation with you.
1: <laughs> it is such an honor when I hear, number one, that the streets are talking and saying good things about me and the work that I do. And then when I look at your work, I mean, shout out to all of you listening who find the value and having these important conversations. So I'm so grateful Mm. that I'm able to be here as your guest. Thank you for having
0: me. Mm. Oh my goodness. Well, so let's dive straight in because Tema just told me that she's... well, has been for the last four years writing a new book. And what was the title of the book was Woman God, right? Am I- the Woman God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Why would you start there? The of that, right? Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. And this is um, available for pre order. Is that what you're saying right yeah, now? Yes. So right now, we're, we are taking pre
1: order sales. And at the end of this month, you can get an audio sample of the introduction and in the first chapter. And then we're going to premiere it and none other than Los Cabos, Mexico, (laughs) an all-inclusive retreat called Return to Wisdom. Uh, It is a sacred initiation retreat. If you're a juju girl, I'm doing an ocean baptism to the Holy Mother. I'm strapping waist with beads. I'm doing all of the things that help us remember the power of being a
0: woman. And why Oh my God, Tama, that sounds amazing. Well, so... Yeah, you'll have details to how to get hold of all of, of this course. goodness on um on the podcast page. So let's go back and rewind the clock here at a moment. Cause I, I would love to ask you how on earth did you get onto this path of the holy mother, of the womb work? Like what tell us a little bit about your story into this? Cause I know we're gonna find ourselves inside of your story. So yeah, mm-hmm. wherever you are inspired to
1: begin, yeah, I can't so wait to you. I come from um a lineage of women who know their power. Mm. When my grandmother was pregnant with my mother, Mm -hmm. that was the child she felt needed to be baptized in her womb. Mm. And I was in her womb when she was baptized inside of my grandmother's womb. That's right. My mother was born on October 31st with a veil of skin over her face that they had to cut through the middle. And a streak of gray hair. I used to call her wish baby. Too bad I didn't have reality TV back then. My mother would be paid for the way her gift shows up. That is the womb from which I come. Mm. When my mother conceived me, she knew the moment my father's sperm entered the egg, Mm. she felt it in her body. So when I was born, I came out 10 pounds, big baby. <laughs> and by age two, I was standing on top of the dining room tables and my baby gibberish telling them of wars that I fought before I got here. And so all of my life, by age six, I launched my first business. It was called Children with Attitudes. I designed the logo. My mother, God bless her, will make a picture of Kool-Aid. She ain't know no better than. And I would sit on a bar stool on my porch and talk to the children on my block about different things that were happening, why they needed to obey their parents. And it went from the block in my community to the school. Then the school called my mother in for a meeting because they thought I started a gang. Right. So <laughs> I've always been. And they, and you always, had. <laughs> yeah. We in the way because we were throwing up signs at recess. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. We had colors. Had <laughs> um. And I remember saying to that teacher, even at that young age in the meeting with my mother, um, and she was accusing me of doing something that is not true to who I am and what I was doing. I said to her, children can have a positive attitude or a negative one. And we at CWA have positive one. So this that y'all see today, (laughs) this is really (laughs) who I am. Oh. I grew up in the Seventh-day Adventist tradition. I was a daughter of my church. I've been preaching, singing, traveling the world. And in being groomed for pastoral ministry, I stumbled into Proverbs 8. Oh. And I said, ooh, God has the boot. She says, I was the architect at his side. Y'all need to listen to me, children. Get chills in your and, and it changed the trajectory of everything. By the time this started cementing, I had already been diagnosed with PCOS and told I would never have a child on my own. But my womb was talking to me. Mm. And I was beginning to discover that the Holy Spirit is not only masculine or genderless. That there is a blueprint for femininity and masculinity and that that is valuable. Even though it can um, be housed in us all, I have masculine femininity. feminine but, there, but there's a reason why we have these archetypes, right? And so in my womb healing journey, I had to come out of the box of Christianity. Mm-hmm. I had to discover just how diverse God is and what it truly means when we say God is omnipresent everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I remember the first time I heard the Holy Mother's voice, I was actually sitting in my office And I was grieving that I wasn't going to marry this um, beautiful uh, man that I thought we were going to get married. But I decided I needed to pivot. Mm -hmm. And as I was weeping and crying out to God, it was as if she tapped me on my shoulder and said, daughter, you're sending your prayers to the wrong coordinates. Wow. And I froze like, what? Mm -hmm. And who is this energy? Mm -hmm. Right. It, It was polarizing. And, and she says, you talk to the heavenly father as if he's a single father raising all the women on the planet. <laughs> 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 she says, do you know a good mother who would not do anything for her child? Mm. You might want to talk to your mama because you're made in my image and, you're, and there's no way you can access God's power and you don't know your spiritual lineage. So the work I'm doing is helping women reclaim their spiritual lineage and remember whose image we're made. in. And so every session when they pop this squad and I put these herbal configurations together, they may be coming for fibroids or infertility. Yeah. My daughter is seven. I got her care through the work that I do. I'm the first testimony of my work. You know, um, women come in and we start talking about daddy wounds and we talk about heartbreak and we talk about um, playing small and the body changes because your body's obedient to your consciousness. So all these years later, we went from CWA to other Business ventures, I ran nonprofit, all of that. And now today I am the proud CEO and founder of the Womb Sauna, which is an international company. Our brand is in 15 different countries. As of today, I've certified practitioners in our expression of yoni statement, and they facilitate the Womb Sauna experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and every day of my life for the past 10 plus years, I've been teaching women how to heal everything.
0: Oh. So. Artist. Okay, there is so much in what you just said. <laughs> my, I don't even know where to start. I'm like, I want to talk about this. I want to talk, you know, it's like, yes, let's <laughs> say yes to start off with, because I think every woman who's listening to this podcast has a similar journey. I know I see y'all out there. I know you've all had your awakening experience to the divine feminine. There's no way you'd be listening to me and the people on my show if that wasn't true for you. What I find so amazing in what you shared is is just that there there is an archetypal storyline that I hear because I get to interview a lot of women around, around how we many of us went in through organized religions of different kinds, whether it was Judaism or Christianity or Islam or whatever, right? And we went in and through that. And then there was something that happened that awakened us to Something else that was missing, because that has been the story of the organized religions of our era, is they have lost that connection because that connection to the divine feminine was systematically removed. was was on purpose, right? On purpose, let's say that. And it amazes me that our bodies know the lie that's being told. Mm -hmm. And usually for us as women, it shows up in our bodies in a myriad of different ways. And that's what I'd love to talk to you about because, because the body is where we hold all this information. It's where we hold our memories. It's where we hold our lineages It's in our bodies. We are human beings, divine human beings. Yes, but our spiritual and blood lineages and all of it runs through our womb and our womb. And this, I'd be fascinated to hear what you have to say about this, Tamar. But for me, my exploration of the womb has been one that's led me to the understanding of, yes, my physical womb, but I also have a spiritual womb. I have a a powerful womb of manifestation that is not just living within me as a woman, which actually lives within all of us, which is that womb out of which we are all born, to which we are all connected, and we are never disconnected. So I would love to hear you talk about, you said, obviously you said you had PCOS, you were told you couldn't have a baby, Mm -hmm. but obviously that wasn't true because you've had a baby. So what was that journey to receiving that diagnosis and then you discovering this work with the womb that really gave you this experience of proving that you were able to be fertile and bear a child? I'm so curious. Yeah, that's such a great question and the timing of it is perfect cuz right now,
1: yeah, I'm walking around in my mind around the purpose of adversity.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Look throughout history; it's like the greatest people of all time have the most shit to deal. Can we cuss on this podcast? Okay, have the mo- I'm a cussing minister. Okay, you're good. So- I'm a cussing minister too, so we're good. Certain <laughs> <There's 30 laughs> words <laughs> don't feel the same unless they got a little stink on it. You know, totally. <laughs> Sometimes so, you need that word. <laughs> yeah, I just need to say. It. So why do why do the greatest people the most powerful, potent people have to have so much adversity. So I love this question. Mm. So I come from a family of ministers, even the women. So I grew up with faith. Yeah. And I don't have a memory of not hearing spirit for myself. Mm. I'm very blessed in that regard. So I remember sitting in the doctor's office and him Mm. telling me I'll never be able to conceive. This was the seventh reproductive endocrinologist at this point. And I immediately reacted through my spiritual Consciousness and my reaction Was you don't know me oh my god So I'm going to grab my bag And get up out of here and look For alternative ways I did Not agree I did not agree and I Want to say to everybody listening That you do Not have to agree with Obstacles they need your permission To exist
0: Oh that's powerful
1: Does God exist because God is and we believe,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Like, mm-hmm. does, does the obstacle is it real? Somebody could take the same scenario and see it as an opportunity. So what has you viewing it as mm-hmm. a limitation? Mm-hmm. So I immediately responded with my faith. Now that sounds good, but it was hell. Yeah. But I'm glad that I now have a passport for hell and I know how to navigate it. Yeah. <laughs> so I got an internal GPS on how to get through hell. Anybody going through hell, I can tell you how to get through it, right? <laughs>
0: Thank God I
1: questioned. I questioned my womanhood yeah. because I was coming from a template um, of patriarchy that was defining my value as a woman through my ability to have a family and have the American dream and the home and all of that. And so not only was my body letting me know that I needed to tune in more deeply, my marriage was shaky and I was getting ready to go through a divorce. Like, all these things started hitting at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so that process for me was traumatic, mm-hmm. intense, but definitely valuable. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if I would know how much audacity and power I have if I did not discover that through crisis. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't really have an explanation for why we get that information
0: through crisis. You know, I think it's really one of those don't. existential questions that we have, right? Because people ask mm-hmm. me this all the time, Damo. You know, like, do you think we have to go through this kind of breakdown to break through? Like, do we have to do that? And I'm like, you know what? In my experience of this life, it kinda kind of it seems yeah. to be in
1: Earth's curriculum, tragedy, it, trauma. It, it does,
0: it does. And I think that the that, that for me, that is, you know, if we want to talk about a real way to awaken our spiritual path. That is the way that I have awakened through my lifetime has been through the difficult challenges that I've come up against that have tested me to have to make a choice. Who am I going to be? My mother would always say, if you're going to go through hell, go blessed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good one too. Go blessed, honey. (laughs) One of the
1: things or a few of the things that grounded me while I was learning how to navigate through hell, the emotional turmoil, not having a cycle and thinking Mm -hmm. if I didn't cycle every 28 days and I'm not in in my womanhood. But I began to trace how I was cycling with equinoxes and cycling with seasons. And Uh I really began to go into a depth of intimacy with my body. Mm-hmm. That is what Mary Magdalene taught in her gospel, right? How to enter that noose and how to really, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's easier after a certain point of recognition to practice your divinity. For me, mastery right now is in practicing
0: my humanity and being in I my I agree a hundred percent. I really do. No. And I've been having this conversation over and over and over again. So it's rising in our consciousness. And this is what I've been following is this, this, and I think this is the Magdalene teaching, really, I really, yes. really do, which is that she was all about how we actually embody our humanity. And it's through wow. that that we awaken our spirituality and our divinity. That, that It's actually through being more fully human, right, that we wow. do this. And that, I think, is married into the heartbreak, literally, on many different levels of what we go through as humans. There's no one of us who gets away with it. I've never yeah, met any- the body does not
1: lie. No. Oh. The body has no ego. <laughs> the body has no interest right. in deception. So the body keeps score. If I really want to know how I'm doing uh-huh. life, when I experienced PCOS, my ovaries was telling me that I really was not connected to my ancestral power. Every potential human being was, that I could bring onto earth was sitting inside of my ovaries and my ovaries were filling up and full of cysts and pain, right? So I have learned through yeah. the, the wise words of Joe Dispenza, how to teach my body what to feel. Mm. I've learned how to process sadness without having to physiologically be sad right. I've learned how to process rage I'm a, I'm a bitch, a good one <laughs> I've learned how to process rage my seven-year-old said to me the other day she's like, mommy, you're me and I say yes and I'm not interested in being a nice girl mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> I am dark light comes out of darkness I, I know the dark mother I know the void And how to say, let there be, and it is good. Mm -hmm. Things come out of my dark nature that my light cannot produce. Mm -hmm. I'm good with it. So, we were having this conversation. She's seven, she gets it. You know? (laughs) (laughs) So, some of my grounding tools, and I want to give this in a way that's practical application. I had to source what was in Earth's pharmacy. Mm -hmm. So, there were herbs. I had to get familiar with uterine tonics like raspberry leaf and dung quai roots and, You know, I joke with my clients to be like, I put roots on people for real because I work with all of these Um, things—vitex or Chase Tree Berry, right? So I went to the plant kingdom and started studying and got trained and certified. I have so many different degrees and certifications. I love knowledge. And really, I have a broad scope. So, I learned about how essential oils are the strongest form of plant based medicine that we have, that as soon as they come in contact with your senses, it immediately puts your body in a healing frequency. And I said, Now, ain't God good to give me these kind of tools that I can get off of Amazon and heal myself? <laughs> oh, if this- the easiest medicine this is better than standing in line at the pharmacy for me okay i'm just saying <laughs> So
0: cracking i began me out.
1: to study and then i came into contact with louise hayes work in <laughs> a fool's right, work sacred right. woman and i started chanting and programming my brain differently and then i started realizing that all of my thoughts aren't actually my thoughts that i have different levels of consciousness right florence govel shin says the subconscious mind it's power without direction. <laughs> and I started studying how I, what I was running, what mm-hmm. narratives mm-hmm. I was running on autopilot and how those narratives uh, were programming my body. Yeah. Once I understood how my womb spoke and what she was mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. doctors began to say, maybe we misdiagnosed you with PCOS. Really? All of a sudden, my mm-hmm. cycle was consistent. Before I knew it, I was pregnant. And that chapter completed itself. Yeah. The next phase was mastery of my creative power now that I've been practicing it. Mm -hmm. How do I take this to another level? Mm -hmm. And then the womb sauna began
0: to explode with success. So let's go back to that for a moment because some of it is... I'm I know I give a lot. Yeah, no, no, you're great. I mean, I, I'm loving every minute of this, and and I want to just tie in a little hook and eye here for everyone who's listening because you know I know what a womb sauna is, I know what a yoni steam is, mm-hmm. but I'm not assuming that you all do out there. So let's go back to basics, mm-hmm. and you know, because somebody out there might go, a womb sauna? What? The- <laughs> I'll take my womb to the sauna, honey. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, let's talk about this as a, as a spiritual practice as well as a physical practice, because I've had the benefit of being, being exposed to this for quite a long time now. So, but I'd love you to talk about it from your perspective. And why is this, this practice, this, 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 this amazing practice so valuable? Tell us. Yeah. So just to give some historical context,
1: this is a tradition uh, that was preserved through the oral tradition of women. Mm -hmm. Right. So when somebody was getting ready to get married, grandma might sit her on a pot of herbs and prepare her Mm -hmm. for the ceremony and union. So this is ancient medicine um, that we have reinvented for our modern consciousness. Um, When I birthed the womb sauna, it was not on reality TV. It was not even Mm -hmm. on the Internet. Nobody really knew what it was. So imagine me in the grocery store trying to give out my cute little flyer. And I'm saying, you got to get naked on this pot. Women were looking at me like, what? Like
0: you had two heads, honey. <laughs>
1: yeah. So when I birthed the design of the womb sonic Experience, I had to really lean into my pioneering spirit and say, what do I need? Mm-hmm. And I needed not only to sit on a pot of earth. Mm-hmm. I needed somebody to hold space for me and pay witness to what was going on inside of me. Ooh. So that's our blueprint. The womb sauna experience mm-hmm. is a type of yoni steam that's one-on-one. We mm-hmm. only service our clients one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I teach my practitioners the 12-step protocol where they learn how to observe what's in a woman's subconscious. Mm-hmm. That's playing out as fibroids or playing out as PMS. Mm-hmm. They sit on a stool that's open at the bottom and the herbs are heated beneath. They are cloaked. Mm-hmm. With our cape set, we use a two. Uh, we use a liner and a cape set that drapes. So there's two layers of caping to ensure full body sweat. And because your skin is your largest organ, as you're sweating and opening your pores, is drinking in that herbal steam. Mm-hmm. And because the vaginal tissues are the most absorbent on a woman's body, that concentrated steam of herbs is providing a nourishment. So your body is enjoying herself. She's Mm -hmm. drinking in this herbal stain. But what we do here at the womb sauna is we sit at your feet. We consider the stool that we use, the manifestation seat. And we pay witness and we interview your womb. And we ask her, what is your womb story? If your womb could talk, what would she say her journey in this life has been up until this point? And it is fascinating. If my walls and my office could talk, Oh my God. I have serviced as young as seven. Once a, a young girl enters puberty, mm-hmm. she can come to the womb sauna. I have serviced as young as seven. I've serviced over 80 mm-hmm. and the story and I've serviced thousands of I mean. Oh my God, the work. It fascinates me. Some women cry. Some women disclose things. They've never told anybody. Mm-hmm. I've burst into song. I've done some hymns with women on the pot. Like it Fascinates me what I, happens in the womb sauna. So that's the nature of my work.
0: Okay, okay. Let's just slow it down for a second, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Not only am I almost in tears just hearing you describe this because well, for so mm-hmm. many hundreds of reasons. The devotion, the devotional mm-hmm. aspect of being the combination of the actual ritual itself. But then the level of attention to the devotion and the holding of the woman who's having the experience and having someone talk to your womb. I mean, let's talk about this for a moment. That yeah. is, is a rare kind of healing that is, I just really want to bow bow to your wisdom and you yeah. bringing that through and priestessing that through, midwifing that through into the world. Because who doesn't want that experience? I mean, just the level of reverence and you know what it reminds me of? And it's so wild. You, do you remember, I don't know if you remember Eve Ensler and her work, the vagina monologue. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? She, okay. I do. Okay. So she, she sat around a revolution with that yeah. work, right? Because she was really the first one to go out there in the world and to ask people, women about their vaginas and about yeah. their experience of having a vagina. And then she didn't just do that. She made it into a play that was then performed in every country in the fricking world and has been performed literally millions of times. Right. And the basis of that was giving women actually even uh, the attention to even ask the question. Right. I mean, how many of us have had never had anyone ask them, let's have your womb speak. And this is what, and I knew we would be on par with each other. I didn't know quite how deeply we'd be on par with each other. (laughs) You know, because I'm now like, oh, honey, you know, this I I I need to have your yoni steams and your womb sauna in my temples. I wanna I wanna mm-hmm. have it in the temples. Yeah, right. We do temple work where we talk from the yoni, talk from the womb, where we do all the oh, womb God. release work, right? Like, but oh, to yes. add this layer in, I'm like, oh, I need to do this. That's that's it. So stay tuned for those of you who come work me me, me in person. I'm going to be talking to Tamar mm-hmm. more about this particular yeah, process that she's in, because because I'm for real here. This this when even when I heard you say. We have a woman sit at her feet, mm-hmm. right? That, just that image, that is the Magdalene right there, sitting mm-hmm. at your feet. And I, when you said we ask her womb, I felt it in my body. I felt my womb say, I've got things to say. Oh, can we you honor know,
1: that? Can we just do a sacred pause?
0: Yeah. And
1: honor the wisdom of your womb. Right. And, yeah, and I just want to bow to you
0: that you can even hear her. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've done years of work to be able to yeah. hear. But the fact that there was a ritual that she could have, where somebody would actually ask her in that setting, I went into it in my imagination, right? And my, I felt my womb. You know. So I just want to honor all of you who are listening right now, who are having that experience in your body, to do whatever you need to do to. Bear witness to that. Whether you share it with another person or you journal it down or you create something yeah. with this because, because she's got something she wants to say, right? And that is the Holy Grail. That is it the Magdalen consciousness waking up within us. That is Mother God. Yeah. She lives in there. All the way. Right. And every time I speak of her,
1: yeah. healing occurs. That's right. I feel it in my like body. It's happening it. yeah, now. Right some now. of you listening... You may be seeing colors. Yeah. You may be feeling sensations in your body, right? These are all the different ways your womb will speak to you. Oh, it's- when you lay with Boo Boo the Fool and she comes with a yeast infection, that's communication. Yeah. That's communication. So even in this moment, mm. there is an opportunity to say, I accept, I allow what you have to say. I'm listening.
0: So I'm going to speak for all of you women right now, because this is what's coming. So I'm just going to speak it right in your presence, because I believe Mm -hmm. it's part of what we're meant to be bringing to the women right now. I want to speak to all the women who like me are deep in menopause and who are deep in Mm the journey of the womb shifting. And I want to speak especially to those women out there who are going through menopause, who didn't have children for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. I'm one of them. And what I'm aware of in this moment for all of us is the, that there's another layer of grief. Yes. And it's not that I think I should have had a child. It's just the recognition that I'm at the end of this capacity where that would even be a possibility, right? And I'm well at the end of it. I'm 55, you know? And I'm somebody who felt pregnant at 46, by the way, and lost that baby. So I have yeah. a whole thing in here, nine years, right? It's a nine year cycle, yes. but I'm just speaking it because I'm I'm letting you enter my world a little bit so you can go into your world a little bit with Tamer here, because what we're speaking of is the deepest level of how we are called to move through our lives and honor what lives in our bodies and what can be unlocked through the simple question of what does your womb have to say? And I just want to thank you for that question because I've been grappling with, yeah, the walk through menopause, right? And it's been a seven-year journey so far for me, marked, begun by a miscarriage. That's what happened, right? And um, here I am in another layer of shedding. And we think about the womb shedding every month, right? When you go through menopause, she's shedding a lifetime. Mm, that's so profound And she's sh- you know from my Perspective Tame I'd be interested to hear what you have to say about this She's also shedding all the people That she's held in her womb that she's no longer Willing to hold in her womb Yes Because she's empty nesting And yes. that ain't just a concept that's not just kids Leaving your house no. That's your womb saying I'm done with that part of my life I'm now going to Empty this nest out so that I can Reside there more fully so I'm just gonna say oh, that.
1: Everybody, deep breath for a second because I don't want us to. I want us to hear it, but I also want us to feel it. Right, right. The depth of what you just shared, because in the ancient world, we would describe this transition for women as the crone season of life. And my perspective is: yes, I agree with you with menopause you do grieve that right. there are dreams that are not going to be achieved. Right. And I don't think it's wise to yearn Mm-mm. for things that are dead. Mm-hmm. And I want to share an example of that and how that showed up in my body in a second mm. Mm. So, Elaine, I just really want to say to you, because I'm so grateful that you are so transparent and vulnerable, and I want to honor your vulnerability, Mm. that it's okay for those dreams to change Mm -hmm. and to redirect the energy and the focus. You know, because um, what is always the remedy for pain, whether it's physical, emotional, or psychological, is acceptance. That's right. What activates pain is resistance, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the refusal to accept what is. <laughs> I and me. as long as we <laughs> resist accepting what is, we will suffer unnecessarily. Yeah. And the body is obedient mm-hmm. to your consciousness. Mm-hmm. So what do we teach the body when we suffer because we want what we will no longer have. Mm. I've been in this. I have literally intentionally, it may sound silly to some of you listening, but I've been spending the past two months practicing regret <laughs> <laughs> and resentment. Mm. And, and one of my friends was like, why would you practice? And I was like, because I'm human and I can explore all my layers. I'm not afraid. <laughs> I have emotional discipline and I know what to do with what I feel. Mm. So I want to practice feeling resentment and see if it's as bad as people say it is, right?
0: <laughs> what did you find out? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I definitely felt dark because th- those are darker, yeah. more like shadow self work but I'm not afraid of any aspect of me. And I really believe that the shadow parts of ourselves Mm -hmm. are just asking for permission to exist. Mm. That's all. Is it okay for me to be sad? Mm -hmm. Is it okay for me to be angry? Is it okay for me to have regrets?
0: (laughs) Yeah. There you go.
1: My answer is yes. like that's part of humanity. Mm -hmm. We appreciate the sunshine without the rain. Earth is a place of polarity. Sure Can I appreciate is. courage without fear? Fear is not a problem. What I decide to obey is. Mm-hmm.
0: But
1: I do a lot of things scared.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> In programs that I run, one of the activities I have my students do, I have a six-week wound healing intensive that we do. I have my students write a thank you letter to their top three fears. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes... Honestly, to everybody that gets the opportunity to listen to this conversation, please don't miss this part. Honestly, we create excuses to not be as powerful as we are.
0: That's right.
1: Oh, All I'm scared. The time.
0: All the time. So that's why I'm not executing
1: that. Uh-huh. Oh, because of what happened to me in the past that I'm no longer living in. Emery's <laughs> are overrated. Mm-hmm. There's certain things that I choose to forget. <laughs> Because, I mean, I'm not there anymore. I'm not that version of me anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And every time I run that memory, my body is like, are we eight again? (laughs) Are we 14 again? Or are we in 2023? So I have developed so much mental discipline Mm -hmm. that every day of my life, I'm deciding what to focus on. I've made that a conscious activity Mm -hmm. versus living when I didn't know to do that. And it's just running. That's As Florence right. Gubbleshen said, power without control, right? Yeah. So a few years ago, no, it wasn't a few years. It was just last year. Man, yeah. My, time. <laughs> my timeline is, all. Oh, I've been in between realms so much. It's difficult to keep up. I um had went in for my routine annual checkup mm-hmm. with my gynecologist and they did a pelvic ultrasound and they said, oh, you have three... Calcified fibroids pieces. They was like, so you killed some fibroids. I said, I didn't even know I had them. But the way I live, you know, anything that doesn't align with me, I'm sure I probably did. I said, but what do you mean? There's these. She was like, so the pieces that broke off. It was three tiny pieces. I named them. I said, I don't know which. I know which man that was. That one was, and that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know exactly who them fools are up in my womb. So I say to my doctor, <laughs> see, and she's laughing I got, like, I got uh, some names for them. <laughs> I know that one now. Yep, three pieces. Oh, okay, I know oh that and so, <laughs> I, I said to her, so what are we going to do to get these things? I said, because nothing dead is allowed in my room. Right, right. This is not a cemetery. <laughs> and my doctor looked at me and she said, we can't do anything. The only way to remove calcified pieces yeah. out of your body is through surgery. Right, right, right. This was like the moment that made me launch my business. I was like, "Um, no, you don't know me. You don't know my God. You don't really know who I am. I said, I'll be back in a month. Mm. Do this ultrasound again. She's like, okay. So I go home and I talk to my self-care team. So I have um, allopathic doctors and I have holistic practitioners, I have mm-hmm. shamans. I got everybody. And so <laughs> I'm talking to my shaman And I'm like, listen, we got to get these uh, dead pieces And she's also a Chinese medical doctor And she right. said to me, Tama, actually your doctor's right I've never heard of any." And I was like, uh-uh, we're not doing that I said, listen, I have made a decree And I am placing a demand through faith and spirit And I don't get ignored They have heard me So what is the plan? H- educate me on what a calcification, calcified mass is I need to know so she's like, oh my God. So she's got to go on her life, her Because I'm that kind of client. And I'm sharing this because I want women to advocate. You don't have to accept,
0: align with, uh, make everything your
1: truth.
0: Oh, you can we just stop that truth. for a second? Because that is so huge. And I want to hear the rest of the story. But yes. that piece, like, like ding, 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 ding. Because, you know, I find myself talking about this all the time with the women that I work with too. And in my communities is, you know, this constant seeking and looking outside of ourselves for the person to tell us what is our truth, right? Like what's really going Mm -hmm. on. And I understand there are reasons why people have expert machines and things they can tell us. I'm not saying to discount that. I'm saying don't also discount your own inner wisdom. And in fact, what we Mm -hmm. have to learn to do is learn to listen to it again. Like you said, like, Mm -hmm. tell me the facts. What do we know about calcification? And then now you can carry on with your story. So, what did you find yes, out? Yes,
1: I agree with that a hundred percent. And and I thank God that mm-hmm. that was drilled into me by the women in my league. Yeah. Well,
0: Glory, <laughs> you incarnated with some good women. Okay, I picked this one right. So <laughs> I can't say that for every lifetime, but this no, one. No, I, I hear <laughs> you. <laughs>
1: so I I go home with the information that she gave me. And I go to my shrine. I set the intention that I am going to release whatever is dead in my mind. I'm not holding dead things in my mm-hmm. In the middle of the night, during the wishing hours, about 3 a.m., spirit says, sit up. I sat straight up in my bed. I'm like, what is it? Because, you know, I'm not unfamiliar with getting woken up at the moment. Spirit says, you have something in the back of your cabinet that you need to go get. I was like, God, we couldn't talk about this at 9 a.m. We had to do this at 3. <laughs> I go to my cabinet. I forgot that three months prior, I had bought a supplement designed to disintegrate masses and growth in the womb. What? I forgot I had bought it because I saw it online and I was like, oh, let me come. You know, I test products before I right. recommended my clients. And I said, so many of my clients have fibroids, endometriosis. Google. So I forgot that this was sitting in the back of my cabinet. I took that thing for three to four weeks. By the time I got to doctors again and they looked inside my womb, they could find nothing. The calcified fibroids were gone. They found nothing. She was pretty and perfect. And I said, wow. So then I recommended the supplement to some of my clients. I had a client who had a huge three centimeter cyst on her ovary. And they, they already, she's young too. They had already taken another one, her other ovary. She said, I don't want this one. I don't have children. I want my babies. I said, you don't have to agree to surgery. She said, so what do I do? I said, Well, when is your next appointment? She said, In three weeks. I said, Order this today, have it overnight shipped, and take it. The next appointment with her, she could not even walk into the office. She ran in, she should tame her. in three weeks. It went from three centimeters to one. My doctor said, What the hell are you doing? I have never seen this before. Nothing is impossible. Choose alignment. Whatever it is you believe, whoever you believe in, for God's sake, believe in yourself and the power that is in you. Once you make up your mind, you are a force to reckon with. There is nothing that will cross my path that I will not heal. Nothing. Nothing. I'm just going to say, preach it. Pre- <laughs> preach it. on right? or a or something. Because I, I see women and, and it's some, some of it is some of it is social programming We've been trained to um, Have our power Resource mm. for everybody Else's needs mm. Whether it's oh children, your parents your, your spouse You're always there for everybody Else mm. mm-hmm. But then you get to a point where you Begin to realize the cost of that And your body begins To bring certain alarms and say Diabetes, life is not sweet enough <laughs> Life is not sweet enough, so we're we going to mess with your blood sugar. Maybe that'll wake you up. Oh, okay, let's talk about this high blood pressure. Let's talk about why them knees crack every time you're standing up. Are you being flexible and adaptable enough? Are you living like water and flowing and fluid? You can't pay your bills, but you can grow a human being in your body. Something's in congruent.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: Like, we have got to figure out who we are. We have got to remember. Who we are. And mm-hmm. once that switch turns off, you'll never forget. You know, that's because so- like, the yeah. feeling of the yeah. power is just too yummy.
0: That's it. That's <laughs> it. And that, you know, the call to action for all of us to remember that. You know, like it's like you you have that power. The choice is yours. Like it's like the remembrance of that. And this piece around uh, you, <laughs> you know, I mean there's so many pieces, right, being woven throughout what you're saying into us as women together, that we are here to wake each other up, right? We are here to be part of each other's awakening. That's why Tame is here. That's why I'm here. That's why you are all here. And, and it yes. doesn't matter that we're the ones who are speaking into the microphones right now, by the way, I know you all out there are amazing women doing amazing things. Yes. <clears throat> and, and what we are doing here right now is amplifying that remembrance, right? That we are at choice, Mm-hmm. And part of what the Magdalene Consciousness, from my point of view, and it is really here to do, is to, is to have us remember, to bring back together that which has been rent asunder, to remember, literally, who we actually are, and that we are divine. We have the power within us. Mm-hmm. We've been told, and this, this epidemic of us not trusting ourselves, of not going to our own inner counsel, and going, okay, you know, like all the experiences that you keep sharing, Tamar, about like, well, this is what you're being told, right? And we could agree mm-hmm. with that and say, okay, that's my reality. That's what's happening for me. Or we right. take that and we say, that's one reality. That's one viewpoint of many, many different viewpoints, you mm-hmm. know? And I loved it when you said you went back to your team. So I, I want to I say to every woman here is I want you to do an evaluation right now. Who's on yes. your team? Who is Who's on your on team? team? And by that, I mean your, you know, of your friends who supports you to be the highest version of who you actually are, not brings you down, supports you to be the highest version of you, who you are. Who is supporting you with your health? Yes. Because if you are not paying attention to this, like what you just said, you know, about diabetes and about high blood pressure, I'm going to share with you. As a woman who's in my mid fifties now, this is the news for this the news flash for all who are a bit younger than me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Pay attention because whatever you haven't dealt with in your body, mind, we'll heart, deal with you. will <laughs> deal with you when you hit menopause because you will have not have a choice because your body will start to tell you what you have been holding on to and you will start mm-hmm. to experience many, many different kinds of symptoms if you have not been clearing up your act. And I, by that, I mean paying attention to your diet, paying attention to your exercise, paying attention to how you use your energy. And this thing about your energy that you just said, Tamar, around, you know, we're taught as women to be the source for everybody else. That's exactly it. We're taught to let people root in us, not just our kids, mm. all kinds of people get to root in us, in our wombs, by the way, and throughout us. Yes. That's how we're taught we're meant to be as women. And if we're not that, we're, said we're, we're, we're somehow the, the shadow mother or we're selfish or we're not, you know what I mean? We're mean hearted. We're whatever. If we keep something for ourselves, right, that is a lie. And when you get to menopause, you will find that out with spades because your body will start to let you know who you no longer are going to service. Yes. <laughs> It's like and we don't have capacity for that anymore. We're not doing that anymore. We really don't. And it's and it's a kind of an overnight thing, FYI. Like yeah, you know, my mom said the same thing. She one said day, it, right? it, just it. just kicks just in. Down. And you're done. Just like that. And you're just done. And there is no remorse. <laughs> you know when you talk about those shadow bars? You're like yeah. you're like Oh, I don't know, honey. There's this one coming to you and she's saying, I can't stand up and do it on my own. And you're like, well, you're going to fall over then, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Where is it you know, I, I literally, yeah. I had that moment
1: today with a client. Right. I love her. She's my sister, so she won't mind me sharing it because she's a faithful client. She's been coming to me for a while. But I looked at her and we were going over her regimen because I do that with my right. client. And I say, you still haven't taken care of this? I said, I stood up. I said, let me tell you something. Now, I love you enough to fire you as my client. I said, I am not going to see-saw with you and get dizzy in 2023 for another year. I said, if you won't take care of it, I'm out. And she said, what? You will quit on me? I said, absolutely. And then take myself out for a drink afterwards. (laughs) I said, how dare you let me out love you? in your life that you're
0: living. Exactly. You? Oh my gosh. So okay. <laughs> So I want to, we're doing like a workshop here right now, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's happening. I want to say to everybody who's listening like you just take a moment. Have a, have a fearless inventory. Just for a second with me. Honestly, who you know who these people you know who they are <laughs> and you know who it is that you've been taken care of that yep. you, you need to stop taking care of because you are now yeah. enabling them to be right. stopped, right? So right. whoever that is, I'm going to ask you to just make a commitment from your womb, <laughs> from your <laughs> dear beloved womb space, that it's time for you to no longer take care of that person. And what would your life be like if you just stood up and said, it's done, I'm done, right? Because that, I mean, you know, this is a liberation point. And I think it, the rewiring of our belief systems and how that's connected into our wombs. And I'd love to hear you say, say something about this. But, you know, the womb is a center of our power as women.
1: There and is. that
0: doesn't mean if you don't have one, by the way, that you've lost your power. And I want oh, to speak womb to that. The mind, the womb of your body, and the womb of your spirit. Thank you. Can you speak into that? Because there may be some women listening that like, hell, I have got a hysterectomy or I don't have a womb. Oh, no, no, right, you no. Know? Yeah, I teach, I teach on the anatomy of the womb. So right. you have
1: the cosmic womb from which That's we right. all came. Right. In the ancient texts and the gospel of our mother God, they talk about how mm-hmm. there is one whose name we do not even know. That's how old she is. That's the one. That is who I sit with. I call her wisdom. I call her the zero point. Mm-hmm. Um Show me someone on earth who did not come through the womb. Right? Mm-hmm. So you have the cosmic womb, and then you have the womb of your mind, the womb of your body, and the womb of your spirit. The womb of your body, of course, is your reproductive organs. Mm-hmm. Right? The womb of your mind is where that womb fertile energy sits in your consciousness. You have three minds your subconscious mind, your conscious mind, and then your super conscious Mm -hmm. mind or your divine mind, Mm. the womb of your mind, where you create your life that Mm. you're living right now. Mm. Mm. And then you have the womb of your spirit, where you can access divine intelligence throughout all time. Mm. So I'm a portal. Like I know this isn't the topic, but I teach on pleasure and my sexuality and spiritual uh, and sensuality is part of my spiritual practice. And I love how I can travel throughout time with my lovers. Mm-hmm. I love that I'm aware of how my feminine power is resourced. We're human beings. We're designed to use each other. Mm. <laughs> the thing that's different about Tema Azisewa is I choose... How I will be used. Mm. And if you don't respect my boundary, you can't feed him.
0: Let's just sit with that one. Mic drop. (laughs) That's it. That's it. That's it. Right there. I got nothing else to say.
1: Really? Really? Yeah, th- I, I have no expectation Then somebody listening That really needs to understand How to reframe this I have no expectation of not being used mm. And when I wake up every day I know who I want to use And how I want to use them We're human, we use each other Well, I that mean, we look at
0: when You know, if we're here in service To the divine, we're also being used By the divine every single Hello? day And we use that terminology, right God use me right? Yes. For your work today, right? Yeah. So so I, I think this whole idea of being honest and tra- honest around the transactional nature of humanity, that, mm-hmm. and I was actually it's having a conversation that. with a girlfriend of mine just today about this. And as I say, you know, there is a transactional level and mm-hmm. we kind of in the spiritual communities have been kind of taught that that's bad or, you know, like you shouldn't, you should be unconditional, unconditional. And it's like, well, yeah, and there's a transactional nature Of energy in and energy out And, and that is real That is real yeah. So let's
1: use a practical example When people say love should be unconditional How should love be unconditional If I'm love? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's kind of a If I'm present,
1: love is here So what is, I mean and, Am I going to let you do anything to me? Because I am love? Mm. No, this is why the first law of nature is self-preservation, right? Because nature understands that everything is energy Mm -hmm. and everything is useful and designed to be used from the oxygen to the water, to the sun. Mm -hmm. And that's just the nature. So nature reminds us, hey, if you're going to make it on earth, you better (laughs) self-preserve because you're definitely going to get used for something. (laughs) <laughs> whether it's your you know, parents gonna... dream or your joy you know like you that's the nature so become wise return to wisdom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and teach people how to resource you oh Tame I want to sit on the phone with you for an hour great book an appointment the investment from my time and energy is
0: <laughs> that's how we do that <laughs> that's how we do it when we remember that yes. we're worthy of that and that there is an, that there is an exchange going on yeah. right and it doesn't always it's not always money it depends on what it is but let's be real there is an exchange and if you are in the you know, shadow mother, what I call the, the, yeah. the mother that we've been taught to be, even for those of us, by the way, who are not mothers. And sometimes for those of us who are not mothers, even more so for us, because we're not mothers, right? We have the yes. whole mother guilt thing of like, Oh, I'm not a mother. I better over mother everybody. I better prove that I'm a good mother because I didn't have a kid and everyone thinks I'm selfish. Right. Oh my God. You, that projection is huge on us women. It who didn't have kids. it's awful. Right. And I talk about that a lot with my with my sisters who didn't have kids because it's like somehow there's that projection. So more on that later. I'll do a whole podcast Mm -hmm. on that because that's an important conversation. It's actually is a really important conversation. But that wound of the mother where we're told that we're meant to, you know, always be available and always be giving and always, you know, serving others is just not that's just not it. That is such- not even anatomically. No, like, like, so
1: there was right. this guy on a uh, first time date with. Right. No. And he said to me, oh, I can't said, wait for so, that. Um, he said, what do you bring to the table? Right? Mm. I said, oh, okay. He don't know who he's sitting with. Okay. I said, so I looked at him and I smiled and I flipped my hair and I said, "Dear, my pussy goes in for a reason. <laughs> that was my answer. What did in, he God's, doing? in God's design, you're supposed to stand up. So what are you offering? Wow. And what did,
0: what did he say?
1: He froze. I don't think he's <laughs> ever heard a woman talk to him like that. <laughs> he froze and he was excited. Like, he was like, whoa, this energy. You know, I'm not, I'm not unaware that people don't know what they don't know. Mm. And if you're encountering my energy for the first time, the responsibility of making sure you know who you're encountering is on me. It's on me. I own my life. I own who I am. Mm. So, yeah. And and I said, so I'm a receiver. Our natural design as women is to take in. Mm -hmm. And when I actually started experiencing the worship of people, who could see the holy mother mm. being fully embodied in me, it did feel strange. It did feel selfish. And then she, I mean, I would be in the club trying to dance and that men are on their knees. I'm like, get up. What are you talking Like It was, I was like, everywhere I went, the groceries, the people, oh, just the reverence because of the anointing of the holy mother on me. I'm participating in the return of wisdom. So Mm -hmm. I had to heal where I didn't feel worthy Mm -hmm. of being seen as I truly am. Mm -hmm. I had to reparent my inner child. So y'all write this mantra down if you feel like that hits. I am your mother. I am your father. Whatever you're looking for, I will give you. I can't, I couldn't use that as an excuse anymore. My inner child is acting. Out. Well then, check your inner child. You have to repair. You have to yeah. own your layers. Yeah.
0: That's so powerful What you just said, you know, I am your mother, I am your father. What is it that you need? I will give it to you. And I think that's that that bringing back in of our responsibility for meeting that need in ourselves, because that's the other thing that we're also so indoctrinated to think that someone else is meant to meet that need, especially in lovership or relationship.
1: Oh yeah,
0: Right. And how that's set up for failure. We can, of course, ask for what we want. We can let another person know what our desires are, what our boundaries are, what we, how we operate. Like, here's the operating manual for me. Right. Right. I can let Mm -hmm. you know that, but I cannot put the expectation on you that you then are going to be the one to fulfill all the needs that I have in here. Because if I do that, then we're really in trouble. And there's a lot of needs that I have in here that you ain't going to be able to fill. Right. Because it's not yours to do. That's with me. And that's when we talk about that self-love. I often talk about people when I, you know, when they say, what is self-love? I'm like, well, it's listening to your inner needs and being responsible for actually cultivating what you need and
1: Creating Mm, that for
0: yourself And that doesn't mean you don't have it from relationships It actually just means that you get more of it From outside of you Coming towards you But you don't actually need it anymore Because you already have it here But it's really nice to receive it It's really full I
1: love how you frame that Because um, it's the truth And you can't really have any freedom without the truth Mm. And the only thing I would add to that is and it's a mantra I've been uh, saying for the past couple of months. It is not adversity that is rewarded; it is the work. <laughs> so if you think because you have trauma that entitles you to have toxic desires, that entitles you to be coddled through life, and receive, good luck. Mm. The greatest people of time learn to accept mm. the adversity and channel what it triggered and activated in them into their power.
0: Yeah. yeah. Either,
1: and, and I hate to frame it as black and white, but I feel like it is on some level. Either you want to be powerful or you don't. Like what's the opposite of being powerful? Being weak. Like either you really want to live in your power or you're still coming up with reasons why you don't.
0: hmm hmm And that journey they're in, right, of that decision just to have mm-hmm. compassion with y'all because we've all been through it. Oh, it's, yeah. It's scary to step into your power sometimes. It really is. That's that fear piece. You have to walk in through the fear of what will happen if I actually step up to the plate because then I'm responsible, right? In a new way. And great power with, as we say, with great power comes great responsibility. And it is true. It's true. It
1: is absolutely. And to answer that question, what will happen Because that's valid. Somebody is asking that right now. What would happen if I really live in my power? Mm -hmm. You will actually become fully present to the life you're living. It's one thing to be alive. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to be living full out. And I see women snoozing and cruise controlling through life in my work Mm -hmm. because they will not own their power.
0: Got it. Love it. So we need to stop for today, but you know what? That's a great place to leave it. Right. And there's been so many. I hope you all have been highlighting. You want the transcript to this one. I tell you. Um, just for the, 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 the beautiful sharing and, and communication that's come through this particular episode. I'm so grateful to have you on with me today. And I'm sure this is the first of many conversations because I feel like there's, I feel like we could, we could jabber for quite a while.
1: absolutely
0: i agree oh i'm god. so happy that we had this time today me too me too so blessed so blessed so for those of you who are interested to find out more about tamar's work which of course you are because without saying you can find all of her details on the podcast page and you can connect with her there and learn more about what she's up to and certainly um keep your eyes out for her new book the woman god so excited. All right. And I just want to thank everybody for listening. And I hope that, oh, well, I hope and I actually know that you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. <clears throat> And I will look forward to seeing you real soon with another episode of The Red Podcast and some amazing women who are coming to grace your inbox with their pearls of wisdom. All right, my loves, if you want to respond to me in any way about this episode, you can do so over on YouTube. You can do it on my website, or you can just email me at Elaine at priestesspresence.com. Love you, and we will speak to you soon. Bye for now. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Red Podcast. It's been an honor to have you here with us. As Red women, we are here leading from the edges of our own evolution, birthing new worlds into being through our bodies, our hearts, our minds, and our beautiful presence. If you would like to be in contact with me, I love hearing from you. You can find me on Instagram at elaine.kalila or over on my website elainekalila.com. And lastly, I'd like to invite you, if you loved this episode, to go ahead and share this with someone that you think might enjoy it too. It's through us sharing our hearts with one another and inspiring one another that we reveal our red, that evolutionary edge that is just waiting to be fully expressed in all aspects of our world until next time many many blessings